Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
true, whatever the allegations are, now that this shoe has dropped, will there be more? And who else might be involved? Theory is that usually the FBI does not go public unless they believe they have the smoking gun. And in this case, word is there's an, you know, somebody on the inside that's been passing information on. So the question at the gathering was, is this just the first domino? That hasn't fallen. It's just been touched by this FBI probe. If the F begins to investigate city records and they've sent notice down to preserve all records, you know, the same thing that Hillary Clinton got before they destroyed records. Assuming that none of the records get destroyed, what will they find? And then it begs the question, are there co-conspirators? Because usually it's almost like you put the screws to one and a bunch of other ones start hollering. Because once the probe has been announced, there is something to it. Then all of those who might have been involved, assuming there was anything to be involved with in the first place, tend to get a little squeamish. They tend to circle the wagon. And usually there's always at least one who feels the pain of those screws turning and goes in voluntarily asking for immunity if they will turn federal witness against whomever. Now, that's usually if there's something in the first place. If there's nothing, then there's nothing. But what can happen under investigation, where maybe the FBI is wrong, as they investigate, they may find something else. And once again, I use Hillary Clinton's email. They weren't investigating her for the email. They were email server. They were investigating her because of Benghazi. And they stumbled onto this email thing. Well, if some of the questions that I don't have the answer to, maybe some of you do, is did the investigation just start or has it been ongoing? Now, again, usually when these things happen, they've been under investigation for a while. Now, if it's been under investigation for a while, the next question that come into play is so what evidence might they have already? Is it physical evidence? Is it digital evidence? Is it email evidence? The interesting thing about email is if you get one letter and there's, you know, usually it's an email going to someone or coming from someone, which means that potentially there's at least one other person involved. Dangers of email. Emails, oftentimes people tend to be a little freer, and especially when they use the non-official email sources. And I mention that because Hillary Clinton used non-official email sources, but it still didn't make a difference. The Fed somehow was able to recoup some of that information. 
And when you use non-official email sources and if you talk freely on those sources, then that means it's almost like a pointer directly to other people that might be involved. Hence the question at the gathering yesterday, is this just the first domino to potentially fall? And if it does fall, what other dominoes might it hit and knock over to? So let's go over some some basic things about Las Vegas politics and the African-American community because in this case, Councilman Barlow is the individual in question according to the Las Vegas Sun, and he's under this FBI uh, probe, and so we know he is the target. We know that. So then you have to ask, is he the primary target, or is this just a ruse to flush someone else out? Don't know. That's why I said about once they go public, it's amazing. It's like all of a sudden you're shaking a tree and apples is falling, hitting you all on the head. You just never know what may happen. So some basic Las Vegas city politics structure in the African-American community. Councilman Barlow is a city councilman for Ward 5 in Las Vegas, and Ward 5 encompasses the historic uh, West Side, which is, some would say, the original black uh, community uh, here in Las Vegas. And that actually butts up against a congressional district in North Las Vegas that's also led by the one black city council person, in this case a councilwoman, on the North Las Vegas City Council. So we have one black North Las Vegas City Council person, and then we have Ricky Barlow as, as the one black Las Vegas City Council person. Now, as far as I've been here in Las Vegas, we've only had one black city council person in Las Vegas. So if there was something with this investigation, what might the repercussions be? Depending on how fast it moves, and usually if they're asking to safeguard records, it's to a certain point. Depending on how fast it moves, would that mean that Councilman Barlow, and if so, who would take his place? Good question. And who else might be involved? Because if there are other people involved, birds of a feather tend to flock together. So who might those people be? Could it be more black elected? Well, guess what? We we basically have we have one black city council person in both cities, Las Vegas and North Las Vegas, and we have one black county commissioner. So our county commissioner here is very powerful. As a matter of fact, the county commissioner used to be the city council person of Las Vegas. He was the predecessor for Ricky Barlow. And then that takes us up. We Oh, by the way, we do have one black school board trustee. And we moved up a notch because I believe we have 
two state board of education uh, black elected. And then when we get into the legislative branch, we have multiples. As a matter of fact, some suggest that we have more uh, city, uh, state legislators uh, above the population average, which is kind of a good thing. But once again, that adds, begs the question, if there is something to this probe with Councilman Barlow, who else might? And because the black elected, most of them tend to be from predominantly black communities. Well, if this probe turns out to be have fire to go along with the smoke, then suppose multiple people were a part of this and multiple people had to step down or force down. However, imagine the vacuum of political leadership that would leave in the African-American community to ask, are we preparing for a worst case and who would fill these positions? Who would fill these positions? Who would pick whomever it was to fill those positions? People say that politics is not important to different. It's one of the most important things in this country because it impacts all of us every day. The demographics have shifted in Las Vegas and in the particular wards that Councilman Barlow represents. Historically, it has been a fairly safe African-American city council seat, and the only one, because that's the only one we've, as far as I know, ever had. Well, because of the demographic shift, and what would it mean if there was no longer an African-American representative in that particular ward? What would it mean if some of the other legislators see that might be a part of this ward, are they touched? And if so, what would be the ramification? Potentially, the African-American community could be in a political state of, of crisis due to a vacuum of leadership. I ask again, who's ready to fill potential vacancies. Now, we don't know, or at least I don't know, what the charge is or charges and don't know what the outcome will be. There's an investigation. I wish the best for Councilman Barley. Someone I actually knows. You know, we're blessed here in Las Vegas that we get to know most of our political representatives, our city council people, our county commissioners, our assembly people, our state senate people, uh, even our congress people. And then, of course, there's another question. It's what is it? We all want to know what is it? But in due time, these things will be, you know, so I did want to 
mention that because it, it is a story. It is news. There is no end yet. This is, for our perspective, this is the beginning. Let's hope that it is not the beginning of the end for one of our most notable uh, elected, African-American elected officials in our city. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, and it was the federal, the FBI on city councilman Ricky Barlow. So that was that topic. Uh, I did want to point out a, a few things, just a little bit of a, stuff that's going on in the community and, and in the country. And one of them, and we're going to try to do a story on it next week, is the new Smithsonian Museum chronicling black history opened up in Washington, D.C. Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture. Wow, that's big news. And let me tell you, there are at least two people from Las Vegas who have been recognized in these grand open ceremonies. And we're going to try to bring that information and those individuals to you if schedules permit next weekend, next Saturday at 1230, right here on Our Own Voices Live. Imagine that. So that's one of the big news items that happened. Of course, we had another mass shooting event at a mall. I believe this one was again in Seattle, Washington. What's going on up there? And uh, the last I heard, the suspect was still on the loose. We had Donald Trump doing more African-American outreach. Uh, we also had him uh, making, showing some empathy for the loss of life of a gentleman in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, a black man with, with videotape, videotape, irreparable proof that his hands were up in the air, but he was shot by a female police officer this time. So that happened. But there were no protests. The police, the law enforcement immediately released the video, and guess what? They have actually indicted the female police officer that pulled the trigger. That's right. Now, that is news. Now, of course, an indictment is one thing, a conviction is another. So stay tuned. And I believe it was a manslaughter charge, which is, eh, she didn't wake up purposely anyone that day. But something happened where she did kill that person, and she's been charged with it. And that's probably, I know a lot of people say it should be murder one and all of that. Maybe in our hearts that's what it should be. But when we talk from a legal stance, not so much. Manslaughter might be more appropriate. There was multiple reasons for the shooting. I'm talking about the shooting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, by the uh, female police officer. One was that the person, you know, she was scared for her life. One was that she was reaching for her taser, pulled out her gun. And if, you know, I'm going to leave that right there. Maybe the question would be, why were you tasing the brother in the first place, especially since he was already tased? 
Was he resisting arrest? How about the video show? Oh, and the original response from law enforcement before the tape came out was that they thought he might have had a weapon. Of course, his hands was up, no weapon. We had another shooting. A gentleman who apparently was on some medication, his wife was there. Here's the thing. It don't make any difference who's there with you. Now, supposedly the police said the individual had a gun. This happened in my home state of North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, similar to Nevada, is open carry state. It is not against the law to carry a gun. But this individual supposedly was stopped by the police, not exactly sure why. That's, that's another question of issue. Why was he being, why were the police bothering this person in the first place? Now, the police said that he had a gun. And they shot him because they felt threatened. In the videotape that the wife released, she is telling them that he needs to take his meds, that he does not have a gun, and, you know, not to shoot him. This brings up a bunch of stuff. Now, I don't know whether he had a gun because I wasn't there. In one video, there's something dark that could be a gun near him, but these are in pictures and video furnished by the police. In the video furnished by the wife, there is no gun. There's nothing that looks like a gun or could be misconstrued as a gun. There was no dark object from the same angle. Now, we don't know when the picture, or I don't know when the pictures were taken. don't know any of that. But her video seems to be have been of real time because you see the person get shot. And where you see his feet, where the gun is in the picture, or the object that some people say is a gun, there is no gun in her video. So there's a, there's a puzzle right there, a conundrum. There's what some say is a gun, but then in her live real-time video, there is no object near his feet or the curb, or near the police officer. This is going to be an interesting case to follow. Now, contrary to Tulsa, that had no rioting, and the tape was released immediately, in North Carolina, Charlotte, big city, the tape has not been released, and there was protesting and some rioting. And one protester even got shot and killed by allegedly another protester. Some say it was a police officer. The police said it was by another protester. There's eyewitnesses that say it was a police officer. There's eyewitnesses that said it was a protester. We're going to find these things out, and usually there's video. Thank goodness for video. Maybe it should be standard practice that, you know, you do your investigation with the video and you release the video. Rioting in Charlotte, North Carolina, no writing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the video was released. Hot news item. Two deaths, again, of black. One we know was unarmed. The second, well, there's conflicting reports. And, of course, we cannot go, as we talk about some of the news, Without discussing Donald Trump's African-American outreach, 
Now, Donald Trump has been, you know, he's gone to Flint. He's gone down to Louisiana for the flooding. Church, he even spoke at the church. You know, it actually did pretty well. But he goes in and he does this African-American outreach, again, at another church. Seemed to do well. Seemed to show some empathy for the death of the individual in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Also, even seemed to understand that there's some problems with law enforcement. Because normally his tone is, you know, we need more cops and we're going to. Can you believe that even though he was doing African American outreach and seemed to be making some headway, that when asked a question, town hall with Sean Hannity and a predominantly black African-American audience, Donald Trump was asked a question about crime and specifically African-Americans killing African-Americans. And Donald Trump invoked stop and frisk. And you specifically, New York, under former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, as the benchmark and why in places like Chicago and others, stop and frisk needs to be the standard. Now, I realize that Donald Trump is a rich individual who has probably never been subject to stop and frisk. I realize that. It's probably as far removed from him as most other things that regular people have to deal with. Probably as far removed from him as pumping gas, going to the grocery store, right? And one thing that black people don't want to hear about is stopping frisk, and especially those of us who are from New York. Now, Donald's usually pretty good about talking about facts and figures and statistics and polling data and surveys and findings. And he talked about how crime went down from 25 or murders and shooting went down from 2,500 to 500 in New York and makes it one of the safest big cities in the country. What might be missing is the fact that crime has been going down anyway all over the country. And that stop and frisk has not proven in New York by any measure, any data taken, to have been successful. As a matter of fact, they said that the majority of people who were stopped, the vast majority, there was no problem. They also went on to say that because so much police effort was focused on stop and frisk of black people, because, you know, you profile criminals, white people who were more likely to have drug paraphernalia and weapons, weren't being caught. So I would question how the measure of success of stop and frisk was actually in New York. And do we want to do something that specifically targets a certain segment of the population, which means you have more contact with police officers, which for black men usually does not bode well. Heck, for black women, it usually does not bode well. The more contact you have with police officers, the greater your chance of not coming home. Assuming it's not in your home, then it's the greater is your chance that you'll never leave your home alive. 
So I need one of those black pastors, ministers, advisors, African-Americans, outreach coordinators, CEOs, whatever their title, just to pull Donald Trump aside and say, Donald, you were actually doing pretty good there for a minute, but you went off the rails with stop and frisk. So those were, and Hillary Clinton uh, had wanted to go down to, I believe it was uh, Charlotte. Uh, the mayor there has asked that no uh, presidential candidate come down right now because of the impact it would have in the city with tying up law enforcement aspects. So uh, Hillary Clinton either had to postpone or cancel the trip. Well, that's what we have. Oh. There's been a lot of talk. You know, I, I try to keep it 100 on both sides. There's been a lot of talk about Donald Trump being a racist because of the phrase, make America great or make America great again. And that's been used as a charge against him, that that's a dog whistle that racists use and white supremacists. And what it's really hearkening back to is a day like in you know the 50s where you see people being abused in the 60s, being hung and beaten and used water cannons and dogs sticking on them, that type of thing, right, uh, where they're having protests at lunch counters in Woolworth and Raleigh, North Carolina, and they're being snatched out of chairs. These things actually did happen associated with Donald Trump and his usage of his rhetoric, but also because he says make America great again and make America great. Well, there was a, a Facebook post, and this was mentioned, and I happened to have heard and saw Bill Clinton using the same phrases, make America great, make America great again. And so my question then, is it still a negative comment and sentiment if Bill Clinton uses it? the same as when as Donald Trump used to. Now, I was told that, you know, there's a context to everything, so the context and all of that. And I said, well, you do know that Bill Clinton signed uh, into law uh, a bill for the Confederate flag in Arkansas. So I said, what the context, do we favor one candidate more than the other on fact or biased opinion? I believe we actually vote on how we feel versus what we know. We know how we feel, yes, but we may not know the facts. So I just want to put that out there because one of the things that you're finding is many of the charges levied against one could also be levied against the other. Uh, a quick station ID, you listen to Our Own Voices Live, Our Own Voices Live is Hosted by Angela Thomas and Rodney Smith. Rodney Smith is yours truly in the air chair today. Hopefully, Angela will be back next week. And what we're talking about on today's show is the FBI probe uh, for City Councilman Ricky Barlow and a local youth football team takes a knee. Our own voice is live since every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 for all of you East Coast listeners. And thank you all so much for listening. So we, the first segment we talked about the FBI probe on City Councilman Ricky Barlow, and then we went into some sort of recap of some of the latest news. We had a, a 
mass shooting. I believe it's up in Seattle, Washington, at a mall. We talked about African-American outreach by Donald Trump. And we also talked about uh, the uh, Smithsonian for African-American history and culture opening up. I believe the grand opening was today. And the significance and the impact of that. Uh, also, I know two people locally who were a part of those festivities, and I hope to get them on here, or at least one of them, uh, next Saturday to bring to you. So that brings us into our second and final segment of the show, and that's the youth football team takes a knee during the national anthem. Now, some people say, why is that a big deal? And there was actually a lot of Facebook chatter on this particular issue uh, associated with this issue. And let me read to you what I said. And I look forward to your feedback, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Press option one if you would like to talk. It just says, so uh, there is a KSNV uh, local Las Vegas TV station three that says the debate rages after a local youth football team refuses to stand for the national anthem, taking their cues from several professional athletes in their protest for racial justice and equality. Okay, that's from the that's from the Las Vegas Sun. My comment was this should be considered a national security issue. When people are treated in such a way that they do not feel connected to their government and their government ignores the feelings of its people, then it is just a matter of time before they rip. R.I.P. It is just a matter of time before different ideologies begin to creep in. The government needs to address the needs of it now before a generation grows up with no allegiance to the government due to the government showing no allegiance to a segment of its people. This is a clear and present danger. This is a clear and present danger. Now, that, that, was, that was my comment. Now, I, I tried to lay it out on why I thought it was so dangerous. Uh, a lot of the comments was a concern for, because I think these are like, these are pretty young children. I think a, a lot of the comments were associated with the children being so young. And how much did they really know what they were doing? Were they being urged on by someone else to do it? Uh, just what was going on. And uh, I actually know someone who knows the coach of this team. And I'm going to try to get him on uh, if, if he's interested. The team is sponsored, according to the article, by Floyd Mayweather. And uh, some people were bothered by him. Some people were bothered by him taking a knee. People were bothered by the fact that it was young people, not even teenagers. 
And, of course, I was on Facebook and on my posts. I posted to her Democrat pages and Republican pages. I was surprised for surprised by some of the comments I got from the Democratic pages, even though I may should not have been surprised by some of the comments I got from the Republican page. I was. But probably what stood out most to me about all of this was how concerned people were of the children protesting by not standing for the national anthem. There was no mention of the reason for the protest. The total focus was on these young children and some on the coach for protesting. But they never addressed the reason why they're protesting in the first place. And for those who were upset at the young people protesting and even at the professional athletes protesting, they're upset at the protest, but they don't seem to be upset over the reason of the protest, which is black people who are usually unarmed being shot and killed by the police. That's what the protest is about. But there doesn't seem to be any outrage over the people who were shot and killed by the police. But there is outrage over people, according to some, they're disrespecting the flag, they're disrespecting disrespecting the country. Hey, they're even disrespecting all of those brave men and women who serve and especially those who made the ultimate sacrifice. Well, the interesting thing about that is there is a, I believe it was an Army Ranger, it was a Special Forces individual, who actually stood next to Kaepernick, the San Francisco 49 player who sort of kicked off this protest by taking a knee. Stood next to him, And the reason why he stood next to him was to say, make a statement. Hey, I served my country in one of the greatest capacities. I was a special warfare warrior. And I'm standing and saluting my flag and putting the right hand over the heart. But I'm standing next to this man who's kneeling at the same time because I support his right to do so. So for those who say it's disrespecting us, and I say us because I served the United States military. When I was serving in the United States military, a part of it is to guarantee other American citizens the right of the United States Constitution. And one of those rights spelled out clearly at the very beginning, freedom of speech, freedom, well, freedom of express, expression. Protesting is covered under our Constitution. I also like to remind people that the country was founded on a protest. You remember the Boston Tea Party? That was a protest. They did, 
but they did an actual illegal act, stealing and destroying someone, you know, property. But this protest is it's peaceful, it's quiet. Said kneeling, how much more respectful can you be? But there's so much anger and vitriol over the protest, but the same people, though, are, who are upset over taking a knee, are not showing the same emotion for the loss of life of people, and specifically African-Americans, and mostly African-American men. That is the part. And because and, what they say is, well, you're dividing the country. Well, how do you think, and this is a difficult question for them, because obviously they haven't thought about it, but killing a segment of the population, seemingly indiscriminate killing of that segment, and there is no show of empathy. Usually, there's not even first aid rendered, whether they know they were wrong or right. They just shoot them and leave them. Or maybe they'll throw handcuffs on them. I mean, they're already dead, though. But they'll throw handcuffs on them. But they still do not usually render first aid. There's protests. There was rioting, and I don't support the rioting. You've heard me time and time again on the show to our long-term listeners and those of you who are brand new, you can go back into the archive, and you hear me say that the rioting is wrong. The looting, the burning, the destruction of property, it's all wrong. Those are criminal acts. They're wrong. Don't support it at all. In the events that I've thrown here where it's been uh, rallies, things like that, there's, there's no destruction of property because that's not what it's about. It's to bring attention to an issue. That's what protests are. They bring attention to issues. It's a way to give a voice to those who feel like they're voiceless. In this case, it's young people. It's just a knee. And people are upset about it. They're upset about them taking a knee, but they're not upset about the people who are dying at the hands of law enforcement. Nor do they believe anything needs to be done about it. Those things are incredulous to me. If for nothing else, they're fellow Americans. But because they're black, it seems they're somehow different. Because they're black, it seems that somehow the police are fearful. Think about the shooter in Charleston, South Carolina, at the Mother Emanuel Church. They took him out fast food. I'm not against them feeding the fellow. He needed to be fed. Because he's in the custody of the police, he should be taken care of, law enforcement. First of all, he killed a bunch of people, actually did have weapons, and, believe it or not, burned the flag. And he was a danger, a threat. But they took him alive. And then, before even taking him, to the jail, they took him to get some fast food. See, this is imagery here, right? The terrorist, yes. I mean, you can't, other than being black in America, the only thing that might be as bad or possibly worse is to be a terrorist. The terrorist in New York and Jersey, suspected anyway, 
had a weapon, blew up stuff, had a gunfight with the police. They took him alive. See, what I'm showing is it seems that there's two worlds. And some people say, well, no, it really isn't. But if it seems that way, if it looks that way, what's the phrase of it? Walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's a duck. Believe it or not, what most people are asking for is empathy. But if you're not willing to give empathy for your fellow man, you know, that's on you. That's a testament to your character or lack thereof. So when you talk about respecting America and the flag and the Constitution, these people are saying, look, does it not apply to me too? Remember that great speech, Sojourner Truth, said to Frederick Douglass, am I not yet a woman too? Paraphrasing. This is what a lot of the people, this is what the whole Black Lives Matter mantra is about. That also seems to have issues with the flag, the protest. These people are saying, you want us to have all of this reverence for these things, the flag, the national anthem, where the third stands, everybody knows is racist. Like we ignore that, even though we don't we don't sing it, right? And and I'm actually good with the national anthem because it's something that you know we don't sing that most people would have never known it. See, he wasn't really protesting that I know of because of the third stands, but he was protesting. Look, I'm not feeling very much. Like an American. I don't care how much you paid me. Look, you could kill me just as dead with my millions as any other black man, simply because I'm a black man. So the money is irrelevant for all of those who bring it up. Ask Oprah. Oprah Winfrey has over $3 billion and still gets discriminated against. Yes, discrimination exists in America. Pull your head out. No. Not the sand, that other place behind you. This is real. So, yes, the youth football team protested by taking a knee, and I wrote what I wrote. The reason why this, I wrote that is because I, I want people to think of the impact that this is having. Because for those people who were born, let's say, in 2000, really in the cognitive life, the only president they've known is a black man, Barack Obama. So for black and white, they think black men are president. They don't know that white people were the only presidents before, other than if they learn it in school, right? So because that's their environment, that's what they know. Well, because of that, they can see black people being the president. And they're more apt to accept it and vote for it, or at least consider it later in life when they become voting age. Percentage of their young life, they hear, see, and learn about black people who are of no threat being shot down by 
by police officers. And not just shot down and shot and killed, but also with the police saying that they're fearful of their lives. What message does that send to all of the white people about black people? Because if the police are so fearful of their life that they feel the need to shoot black people, they because they're so fearful of their life, they see guns when there are no guns. When a black person can be laying face down, face down in the street, I believe it was in Tampa, Florida, wearing medical garb because he was in performance of medical duty. Hands clearly visible and telling the police that the person next to him is his patient and is having some type of psychotic episode, just needs to get his meds. Please don't shoot him. Black man on the ground, spread eagle, hands out and open. Please don't shoot my charge. The police apparently listened to it. They didn't shoot the person with the erratic behavior, with the psychotic episode. They did shoot, sprawled out on the ground, hands outstretched and open, who is pleading that they don't shoot his medical charge, experiencing a psychotic episode, which is why they were called there in the first place. But they shot the black man sprawled out in the street. And immediately he says, why did you shoot me? And the police officer says, I don't know. Probably the truest answer given thus far. I don't know. You're a black man, so I did what we do with black people. I shot you. That one kind of makes you go, as Arsenio Hall used to say on his late night talk show, his original late night talk show, show talk, talk show, things that make you go, hmm. That one was one. Like, if white people and police officers needed to see what we have been telling them, for so long, before we had body cams, before we had dash cams, there it was to see. I mean, there's been many other incidents. How about the police officer who pulls someone over, gets out, the guy gets out, following the orders of the police officer. The police officer starts shooting. The guy puts his hands up. And they said, hey, why are you shooting me? The police officer still shooting at him. Luckily, he shot like Bonnie Fife and kept missing. The guy is on the ground. The police officer still shooting him. The guy is still asking, why are you shooting me? I don't know. I'm sure that could have been a response. That's why those young people are protesting. That's why I support the protest. I'm ashamed that this is what has to be done to get our country's attention, our fellow Americans' attention, our law enforcement's attention, our elected officials' attention. It's embarrassing that we have to go to that length. Those young people protesting. 
if this is all that these young people grow up to know is that they can to police execution simply because they are black, driving, walking, playing music. If, if this is what they grow up to know, then what true allegiance will they have to this country? And what is the impact? Would you want a person like that to serve in your military, a national security issue, because we're already short? Is this person potentially more susceptible to any type of coercion of foreign terrorists? Are we in the process of creating future terrorists who look like us in this country, here whose parents and ancestors have been here for who knows how long? This is why I said it is a clear and present danger, because this is something that is being potentially created because we're not willing to address the core issue. The core issue is not the protest. It is not the need. The core issue is the killing of innocent. doesn't make a difference if they have a rap sheet as long as your car. Because they're not being charged. They've been charged for that, right? That's why they had the rap sheet. This is what's going on right now. Not to mention, how about the ones that didn't have a rap sheet? It's a matter of priorities and focus, equality and justice, equitable treatment. Maybe if we would allow ourselves or those who are against the protest, and vehemently so, there's some negative stuff being said. There's talk about even people who say that they are in love with the Constitution talk about how they would still like to take a person's constitutional right away from them. Now that, you're talking about, I mean, none of it makes sense, but that is a is direct opposite of what they're complaining about. Hey, they're not showing respect to the Constitution, the flag, and the national anthem. But what they're doing is constitutional, but I want to take that constitutional right away from them. If I, if I, if I had my say-so, that's what I'd do. Think about that. That's one of the things that has made our government great, is that just because a person feels a certain way about an act, they cannot just indiscriminately, well, at least they not supposed to, indiscriminately go and take justice in their own hands or take away a person's constitutional protection. Remember, this is a part of those inalienable rights God-given for all of those people who profess a belief in God and the great Christians and this and that. And this God-given right that your Lord and Savior has given to this country and all those all of those who are born legally in this country, you want to take that right away. You want to take that constitutional right away due to your sense of privilege and self-righteousness, bigotry, and maybe even racism. Check yourself. 
not before you wreck yourself, but before you wreck this country. What I'm suggesting today, it is one thing for African Americans to protest. The deafening silence of our fellow white Americans is really the the game changer. Because it's saying, through your silence, through your silence, shows that it's okay with you. We can go back to the time of the Nazis in Germany. When the silence of the good people allowed the bad people to commit the atrocities that most of us have heard about and agree that it happened. Atrocities are happening right here in the streets of America. Sherman's work. But it was happening to the Jews. How about this? How about we see a protest from nothing but white people? Why don't we see that? I mean, I like when you join along. But how about a protest of nothing but white people who refuse to allow our country to be ripped asunder, who bias us? Fear, irrational fear. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes here every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast, 3.30 p.m. back east. I am your host, Rodney Smith, and today we talked about the federal probe focused on City Councilman Ricky Barlow, and we also talked about the local Las Vegas Youth Football League team taking the the murders, the assassinations, the atrocities of killing black people in the streets of America. We'll be back next week, same time, and hopefully we'll be able to bring to you some more news of the new Smithsonian Museum Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture, where I believe we had two locals inducted or had ceremonies for their contributions in this land. Hope we'll have it here next week. Until next time, everyone be safe. And I would ask that you search in your heart where we can empathize with our fellow man. And are we our brother's keeper as our American brother's keeper? This is Rodney Smith signing off for that. Have a great week, and I hope that you can survive until next time. Bye-bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 